This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, and with me, Cam Russland, today, we have the returns of, um, he's an actor, he's a writer, he's a Good filmmaker, me. he is Na'am Murad. Hi, good to be back. Hi, everybody. Great to have you here. And I could almost say exactly the same for the, our next uh, guest. Uh, not an actor, but he's a documentary filmmaker. He's a journalist. He's a basketball player at the highest level. He's a parent. And perhaps you're an actor, Zan Asli. Yay! Hi. I can be an actor. Have you ever acted? <laughs> I have, actually. I used to act in uh, Lina Tan's productions at Raycom a couple of times in the TV shows. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. okay. Quadruple threat. <laughs> <Do I have? laughs> uh, and, and our three topics this week are topic number one is um, reality in science fiction. Topic number two is, uh, nah, help me out here. Okay. Uh, do we have protest culture or ancient protest culture? Something like that. Yeah. In in Malaysia. In Malaysia. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Zan Asli, um, I think it's more that we're going to help you out later. Uh, <laughs> what's your topic? Uh, Malaysian masculinity and urut batin. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Traditional, be... traditional uh, masculine uh, enhancement. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll we'll get around to that in a bit. So we start off with topic number one: reality and science fiction. I want you guys to help me out here. I am writing something which I think we can call science fiction. I'm not sure, and um, and it, it's set in an alternative world. But I'm suddenly completely seized up with the problem with the notion of reality, because if I'm writing about an alternative world, then the laws of geography and biology are going to be different. And and I just got a simple little scene where I wanted my hero to eat some fish. And I suddenly think, well, yeah, but this, do they have fish? <laughs> and, and, and then it's sort of me, yes, but he's a, he's a human, he's a person. What are the chances of humanoid is that a humanoid? Is that a word b b existing on another planet? And then it just suddenly made me think of like um, it made me think actually of Star Trek, where Captain Kirk. Um, it was it those were simpler times. He didn't necessarily have sex with, but he was making out with uh, a woman, this green woman with like tentacle hair, and she's a completely different species. <laughs> and. Uh, and you, you can't do that. You, you sure and, this is not like some Japanese film you were watching? No, 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 no. no, no I can back me up here. He's he's our science fiction. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Uh, Captain Kirk, but the Lothario of the of the twenty second century or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Wow. So met, yeah. I guess it, in a way, I okay. I I need to know what the bound what the parameters are in science fiction. So, for instance, Game of Thrones, right? Is that science fiction? Do we call that science fiction? No, it's fantasy. fantasy. And it's yeah. not set on, on, in, on Earth, is it? They never explain. It could be an alternative world. There are similarities. Like for example, there are, um, like like there's there's a culture which is obviously, uh, medieval European. There's a culture that's that's uh, specifically like Spanish-like. There's um cultures which are almost uh like the Dothraki are almost. A mixture of um, Central Asian and maybe uh, you know uh, maybe South Asian. You know, it's it's uh, it's just mixing things up any way you like. George yeah. R. R. Martin is and, one and of the people are, people are okay with that. 
I mean, yeah, okay with that. Zan, are you? Oh, uh, it... wow. I, 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 I am not much of a science fiction fan. Yeah, uh, but you probably are, you see. You probably look, watched and read more than you think because probably. my definition is pretty wide. Yeah, probably, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Game of Thrones is, uh, it's, it's, it's not science fiction. Because science fiction to me is more like what you mentioned just now, Star Trek or even Star Wars. Uh, I don't even, do you even consider like superhero movies as science fiction? Some of them, yeah. I mean, I like, for example, the idea that, that a person can have these weird science powers like bitten by, it's already I, a, 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 a basic element of science fiction, though it's more, you know, adventure and crime fighting and stuff like that. Good. At, at 1984, is that science fiction? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say like the Deadpool science fiction. Okay, but, but it's definitely not about you know flying machines and and lightsabers and stuff. It's it's quite the opposite of that. Yeah, but that's what they say. Um, a lot of science fiction writers say that they would rather the name speculative fiction, where ah. you speculate on how things how things could be or will be. Or yes, might be. You know, I like, like that word. So I was watching Dune the other day. I only got halfway through and I gave up. Um, one day I might return to it. And I was, I just got bogged down with the idea that these are humans. Human. And yes. it, it's so, it was also, it was not grand. It was petty and I don't know, it just, it became dull to me. Um, because the, the movie human. Yeah, yeah, because of their humanness. Not, not even their humanness, their middle classness. Right. It was like it was like middle class people uh, pretending to be epic in, in an epic landscape. I don't know. I, just I think maybe that, that, that was the intention, Cam, because um, uh, uh, a lot of the details take too long to explain, and and they don't do it in the movie. But yeah. um, this is supposed to happen ten thousand years from now, and we've kind of gone back. Without, uh, regardless of traveling through space and folding space and that kind of stuff, is basically we are back to medieval houses. Oh, so hang on, Dune is set on Earth. No, it's set. Um, uh, humans have have gone off into the stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind Zan, of thing. Yeah, Zan, Zan, you were gonna, you were gonna. No, no. see, I, I don't know the premise of Dune. Uh, I've heard the name or the title Dune being splashed around by my friends and all that, but I don't know what it's all about. Uh, but but for me, uh, I, 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 I watch a lot of superhero movies. I'm not a fan, but I watch a lot. And I've always been interested in the human aspects of superhero movies that were done in the late 70s and the early 80s and the mid 80s. Like, 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 like the Christopher Reeve Superman, for example. I was never caught up about, you know, his, the planet that he came from or his superpowers. I was more interested in how he had to like hide his identity or how he had to manage his two, his two identities, falling in love with Lewis Lane. And things like that. Those were the things that were that, that were interesting to me. Not much the not so much the superpowers, not so much the you know yeah. the interplanetary yeah. relationships and all that. So yeah, yeah so I mean, that's the thing about science fiction. You create something that that uh if if you're if you're smart about it, you like like you said, you don't have to know what Krypton is. It's just another planet. But what right. you do is you create something that, that 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 then shoots your story off into all kinds of speculations. Like yeah, you're right. I, I was really and they've done it a lot lately in 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 certain. You know, um, adaptations of Superman is that that whole idea. If you're that powerful, how do you hold yourself from being totally arrogant and wanting to just control everything? <laughs> and, and what what makes him feel what makes him feel that 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 he is dedicated to you know goodness and and justice and that, all that kind of stuff? Because 
you know, he can literally just take over the world in a minute. <laughs> he, should, he should storm the Capitol building. <laughs> I mean, even if he doesn't know what, he can take over America, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the president for life. Well, they, they, they kind of did that. They kind of explored that in one of the, oh. the movies, the, the least successful movie in the entire kind of superhero franchises ever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Zan, you're not interested in the technicalities of, Peter Parker being bitten by a spider. It's it's no. what he does with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's a spider, not a spider, it makes sense, doesn't make sense. It really doesn't matter. It's just the yeah. how he, he carries it after that, you know? Right. But then Cam, then you can go for you can go for science fiction that everything is based on possibilities, like the Martian recently, the one with Matt Damon. Yeah, so he's yeah. stuck on Mars and everything that happens to him is within the realms of possibility. Just you just put it forward to things which are theoretical but not ridiculous like for yeah. example a lot of the technology he was using is in development it might work it might not work but let's just say it does work and then from there they, they, they you know they, they have a story they have they have a thriller and and it's not that difficult to follow because it's it's not you know it's not it's a lightsaber it's made of kyber crystals one of those who cares right this <laughs> one is like you know he really is using his own feces to grow potatoes in order to survive. All that stuff is possible. So that's your other science fiction that, you know, I don't know if, if that's, if you're interested in that, those elements. Yeah. Well, this is all very helpful to me, I, I, I must say. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess the thing that I have to do is not, um, not worry so much because it's about, no, the, it it's about the character. It's about humanity. So for you instance, know what? the first two kind of really big science fiction writers were um, H.G. Wells, and Jules Verne, yeah. And the difference between them is that Jules Verne was was um, more fictional science, as it were. He would write a lot about the science, which was very fascinating for people of that day. Whereas H.G. Wells, his War of the Worlds, where planet Earth is attacked by Martians, was really more about the breakdown of society. Yeah, he didn't. Um, he didn't. He didn't care that the science. Could not be explained. Like for example, time travel. How did it? How, time machine. How did it work? Who cares? He just yeah, wanted yeah. to talk about society. What society could become? Right. Yeah, yeah. So basically, though, uh, Zan, you're not a science fiction fan. Yeah. Not that I am either. But <clears throat> you, you, you look for what you would look for at any story. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Cam, can I can I help you a little bit? This this might help. You know, like if you're not sure about about making it sound like it's an alternative world, and you're too afraid that does so much of it have to be alternative. Like when you give the fish example, right? You just give a couple of examples that make people clearly go like, "This is fascinating." Then you could just say that he's always liked ocean fish, but in this alternative world, ocean fish has gotten has gone extinct since. He was a child, or something. Anything that 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 gives you an idea of it, it's possible. It sounds within the realm of possibility, but in this world, it happened sooner, or something else happened. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be a different type of fish. Okay, it's like, okay. Yeah, and, that can. And, and I will copy one of my favorite lines in science fiction is in Star Wars. And no, I'm gonna have to help me out here. When Luke Skywalker says, "I used to bullseye womp womp rats rat. with my T62 back in the <laughs> Bagus Canyon in Bagus Canyon." Why is that your favorite line? Because it was so, it kind of like okay, there, there's something different. Want want rats, but they're yeah. they're similar. Six I can kind of, of yeah. I can kind of picture them. I don't know what your T sixty two is, but I kind of real. You know, you know what I mean. 
yeah, Baker's yeah. Canyon. Yeah, all right. It, it just all kind of like just fitted together so beautifully. Anyway, we move on. Not are are Malaysians a we revolting have a bunch? Culture. Yeah, yeah. Are we are we yeah. Do, do we, you know, like like everybody's telling us we are not. It's not. It's not part of our culture, right? And I did mention this about a couple of years ago on your show, but it was in conjunction with somebody, something else, something somebody else said. And I mentioned it a little bit. So this is kind of like the 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 the, the more in detail version. But I, I I do believe that for some reason, yeah, we do have a bit of a. We are quite naughty. We do have protest culture. I mean, when you look at the most popular myths that still endures till today. Um, I only give a couple of examples. I'm sure you guys can think up of more. Like for example, Singapore Dilanda Toda, the Sultan in there is a real creep. He, you know, the little boy comes up with a solution how to save Singapore, and then the, the Sultan then at the end decides this boy is too smart. I have to get have him killed, and uh, that's one. I mean, and that is a, a, a legend, a myth that you you hear as a kid, and 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 yet you you are put forward the idea of like leaders can be cruel people. And and no need to be uh, just as no need to even go in depth with Raja Basiong, which is a, a very popular Kedah myth, and that one is literally all out Darth Vader type evilness. That Raja Basiong was a vampire um, king, that kind of stuff. And then you have the more ambiguous one, like Hang Tuah in Hang Jebat, which uh, the the Hang Tuah kept keeps getting dissed by the Sultan. I'll take your woman. I'll do this. I'll do that. But yet he's very loyal, and yet Hang Jebat goes no way. You know, you have to rebel. And that is an enduring thing. And yet again, the leader is shown as being a really unkind person. And um, so, so I'm wondering if, the, if, those, if those myths and legends can be so popular, then it can't be. They, those things couldn't have been, you know, um, stifled. And, and so they, it was part of the culture to, to um, create those kind of parables and, 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 you know, like allegories and stuff. Mm. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, like, like, how about later, later on? I mean, we have a, a blank slate. Like once, once we, you know, like, wh- what were stories like? What were legends like um, during yeah. the colonial times? All that I, I really don't know. Well, uh, uh, Zan, are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, do you, do you teach your children these stories? Do they know these I, stories? I they, they do, they do, they, they they know these stories. We have spoken about stories like this, uh, and it has it got me thinking before. Uh, about this protest culture thing, I think we do have a protest culture. What I say, we do have, but but we need a little bit of a push. We need a little bit of a trigger. We need a little bit of like persuasion to make sure that you will protest or to but make like, people see that there's something to protest about. Yeah, Ikan Tuda has to actually destroy Singapore first, exactly, and then we start going. Happening, but, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but do we something. We can't forget though that. One of the um, handful of Malay words that have entered the English language is amok. Yeah, and the situations you described there, Naa, where uh, this is this is classic fertile terrain for amok is if the leader belittles um, the the junior. Yeah, then that and uh, in public, then that can lead to amok. Yeah, Amo is 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 very psychological thing where it's literally like uh, it doesn't have to be a leader, but generally society has failed you, and mm. you go. But Hang Jabat went Amo because he realized that that the situation was terrible. Hang Tuah was being dissed, and um, the the Sultan wasn't a good person. But he went Amo. He actually killed Malakans, which I think was counterproductive. But, but then you know, there's, uh, but but, then there's but, this yeah. there's this fear that Amo resides inside of the Malay Malayan Malaysian soul. Yeah, and, and yeah. so you must be careful about uh, pushing protest. people too far, right? Yeah, yeah. That, but that's oh, the oh, thing. You that. Yeah, that, that's but, the but, thing. But, but, you know, threats. 
now, now that I've thought about it for the last few minutes, um, it's like it, it, you know, they, they, even during the time of cinema, because cinema, I guess, is the next type of legend. I, I'm not so sure about books because I, I, okay, admittedly not a big sastra reader of uh, Malay books, but um, the movies. I mean, P. Ramli made fun of politics openly in his comedies, and uh, uh, Hussein Haniyeh, one of my favorite uh, Malaysian directors did a movie called Jabat where he focused on Jabat. He didn't make Jabat a hero, but he he challenged the viewer to see that maybe perhaps Jabat wasn't such a such an evil person. That 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 you know he was pushed to his rebellion. He was pushed to to going amok. You know that kind of thing. And that yeah. is a recent film. I mean a, a relatively recent. That was during the the golden age of Malaysian cinema. So there were still people doing um uh, movies and stuff like that which did Protest in a sense. Piramli had fun, you know, with with uh, with with a, yeah. a, a, a poked fun at Amno and at Amno of his time and and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but he was wasn't he making his movies from the safety of Singapore? <laughs> he was, but he was part of Malaysia, though. Yeah, yeah. Where he made most of his movies. Look, Zan is um, Zan is uh, um, he's a journalist. He uncovers the dark truths. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a form of protest, isn't it? I guess it's a form of protest, but but like I said, I think Malaysian culture is very suppressed, and it has to take a lot for somebody to actually want to protest to really mengamo. You know, it, it, you, yeah. if you really have a proper protest culture, you would take things to you know you would take things into take matters into your hands and try to address things before it gets too difficult and too bad. Uh, so yeah, mm. it's just a different kind of. Is that Malaysia? Different yeah. kind of okay, can I, different kind of religion, different kind of you know protest. <laughs> well, can I can I mention though um, a photograph I once saw? Uh, it was from the it's from the eighteen eighties or eighteen nineties. Uh, I'm walking through a bookshop and there was this picture of a book, and it was about colonial soldiers of uh, Southeast Asia. But the photograph absolutely stopped me on my tracks because it was these European army officers and what looked like you know native troops. <laughs> And and in my mind, I thought I just assumed they were British, and they were standing on just this carpet of dead bodies. And I thought, I I I thought I I knew Malaysian history. I don't know this episode. What the hell's going on? Of course, it turns out to be uh, in Aceh, and it's the Dutch, uh, and the the subdue. Well, the the destruction of Aceh was absolutely bloody, as was in. Yeah. Bali, um, where yeah. the entire royal house was household was slaughtered, and you know, in the history of Indonesia, you have even before independence ever came along, such violence. Yeah, but but th- that kind of violence begets violence, and and in in the history of Malaysia, that episodes here and there, of course, and there was there was violence potential for and and implied but unleashed like that massacres like that mm-hmm. no no so yeah I, th- of, I think that makes a big difference in post um i was maybe psychologically the, the the malaysian psyche has become you know whether it's just malays or everybody we become a bit more something okay. I, I, we can talk about this for hours but but a friend of mine was doing research for a docu- documentaries they were doing and they said that back in penang penang as a state during the, the 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 British days, um, if people were protesting about something, they would send in the the Sikhs and you know the the, the, the or the Gurkhas or whatever to to go in and just pukul orang they call it 
you know, which is just to beat people up yeah, or just to yeah. be rough with them. And it wasn't massacres, but it was still showing that, you know, yeah, but, but because, because Penang yeah. didn't have a king, had no sultan, it was, you know, it was a province or whatever, you know. Um, so, so that, so that, and, and that, I mean, until, until the golden age in which we live now, um, you know, has been the kind of Malaysian, the Malaysian style. But in answer to your own question, then, Na'a, you're, you're saying that there is not, you feel there is not a... Well, I'm saying that, that we think that there is not, but there is. I, I think, I think it's had its time. I think, uh, I think people are very much aware. I think what, what the difference is, is, is also like Azan said, it, it's almost like it needs to be something that that's big and it needs to unite people. Uh, the, it, it is a cliche. Everybody knows it. It's like the more people are disunited, the less you're going to get any kind of protest, whether it's peaceful or non-peaceful. It's you know it needs everybody to go like yes, the Toda is hitting Singapore. We are Singapore and we are all going to die. Therefore, we all protest without. Now it's like everybody is divided along so many lines within even. You know, even within liberals or even within, you know, whatever, everybody's so divided that 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 isn't going to be a major protest. Yeah. Okay. Well, Zan, Zan, you're 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 on the street. You're the man. You're our our. You know, I've, not, you're I've not our man. I haven't been on the street for a while now, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got your ear to the ground. Yeah. What, what do you think? I think people are complacent right now. I think they feel like. They've got the, the government that they want. <laughs> well, the people who are protesting, that is. You know, we've got the government that we want. Anything happens now, everything's good. You know, so I think there's a bit of complacency going on. And it's going to need something big to make people want to protest. Yeah. If that we think to protest about now, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like the uh, the internet allows us to grumble, and grumble is not really protesting because okay. it's so toothless, really, in this day yeah. and age. It's but forgotten you, five minutes later. I, no, but you got to listen to it because yeah. I'm off. <laughs> Um, Okay, we move on, and hopefully we will never have to uh, return to this topic, but who knows, maybe we will. Here on, (laughs) yes, A Better Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Ruslan, and Zan Azli, and Na'a Murad. And now, Zan, um, Malaysian masculinity. (laughs) If If you live in KL or anywhere, actually, when you're driving... And you get stuck in a traffic jam at the traffic light. You don't notice those stickers at the lamppost and the traffic, you know, the traffic light post which says, oh, urut batin. Lemah, lemah batin. Come and get a call, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you're a male. Quack, you're suffering, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Some. You're suffering some, 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 some problems down there. You know, give this number a call and they can help you out. And it's always the massage kind of like advertisement and things like that. Uh, so so that, that, that is kind of interesting to me and how... Uh, I, I was searching for data about, you know, sexual health among men, problems with sexual health among men, like erectile dysfunction and things like that. Uh, there's not a lot of statistics for actual concrete statistics because nobody actually ever wants to go on the record to say that they have problems with their little brother, you know. And, yeah. and so, so very little people actually go to the doctor for problems like this. Now, I did some research. And I called some of these numbers. Okay, okay. Right? I called some of these and I got one number. I won't mention the, the name of the establishment or anything, right? But I spoke to the, the, the master masseuse, right? Uh, and he says that he gets a lot of clients, lots and lots of clients. He's booked. He travels around Malaysia, right? 
giving out these urut batin, these massages for men who have problems. And he's a character. He's a very funny guy. He makes a lot of jokes. Uh, he, he, he markets himself on social media. He has testimonials from clients. Of course, they, 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 they mosaic the face and things like that. But it's funny. It's very non-intimidating. And I think it helps men to come out and go to these people to, to, to get help instead of going mm. to actual medical doctors. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. find that very interesting. What do you guys... I don't have a problem, though. No. You know, I'm good, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. obviously. <laughs> obviously, not. this this topic is not a cry for help. No, no we, we, we get that. Um, I, I, well, the first thing that's going to strike my mind is that Western medicine has not, certainly not in the last hundred or so years, um, placed much obvious interest in sexual matters. Whereas yeah. kind of traditional Asian medicines, it's it it's it's there. Obsessed. Almost. And so like traditional Chinese medicine, Malay, I'm not sure about Ayurvedic, but certainly, you know, the Kama Sutra came from India. Um it's 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 a big deal. It, it's 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 uh, advertised front and center. Um, yes. as, as part of a holistic attitude to health. Whereas until I guess really the invention of Viagra, which is quite yeah. recent, I don't think Western medicine ever said that it was really that involved in in you know the bedroom. So you you're not really gonna go to the, the urologist doctor no. isn't isn't going to it's gonna you know, they're gonna look down on you a bit, aren't they? Whereas Cook also the West is even more sensitive about it. They kept it even more quiet. Uh, you yeah. know. It was it yeah. just let fines come up with something for us? But Zan, can it I was, can I yeah. can I ask a question though? I, I you know you say that it's about <laughs> male fertility or what have you, but really it's across the board. If you have if a a Malaysian of just about any ethnic background has a problem, then the traditional medicine um, will be consulted either first or second. Yeah. But you always be consulted, right? Be consulted, and it could be anything. And, it is and so, true. so it's not really necessarily, um, you know, male issues per se. I, I think the male issue is more. Uh, it, it's it's more of an issue that you will go to traditional healers, you know, because because I I still think it's a, a very egoistic thing. It's still a very male. Uh, it's a security insecurity issue. So they will always go back because because these traditional healers they are they, they give you confidence. Of course, I spoke to this guy. This okay, honestly, I'm I'm actually shooting a documentary, so I'm gonna be interviewing him. And I've done my pre-interviews, and he speaks very well. He gives you confidence. You feel like you can believe him. Uh, he he says I can try it out, and he he says a lot of people who actually go for his treatment are people who have other medical problems, diabetes. Right. They for sure, strokes, yeah. Every, everything's like everything's all connected. Else. Yeah. It's always something else, and he always addresses the other issues. Really, okay. Well, well, here's the thing. See, my Malay is very, very bad. Okay, but if the two of you were wanting to talk about something delicate about down there, wouldn't you rather talk about it in Malay than in English? Uh, I wouldn't know what words to use in Malay. No, because it, <laughs> yeah, I think if I was if I was really close to the person I was talking to, I I would speak in either Malay or English. Would yeah, work. I guess so. Yeah, could be more fun, as it were, more. Safe. 
I, I, well, I don't know. Obviously, obviously, yeah, and and the audience of bit of culture as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going to make a documentary film on this subject. It's a very short documentary. Yes, it's been uh, it's been commissioned by a European TV channel. Yes. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's, is, a, it's, is it to show that it works or to to, to, to try to debunk it? No, it does not to show it works or debunk or anything. Just to explore and see and see how cool. people in Malaysia react to it. So yeah. Have you ever been to Have you ever been to um, a traditional Asian, let's just say Asian uh, medicine for for any particular thing ever before? Not necessarily. Not me. This. Not me. Yeah. Not no? not me. Not never before. Yeah. No. Not not. Well, I mean, like any 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 ailment. Yeah. I mean, nah. Have you? No. Not not really. Yeah. I have. Um, that's the thing about 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 traditional medicine. Like ten percent of it really works, and that ten percent that works allows oh. that ninety percent of the rubbish to actually be trusted beyond. Oh, which is beyond. But um, you know, like like for example, what I find that really works is the the Chinese atui shao, as they call it. You know the 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 muscle manipulation of that that really works really well. I, it, I, don't, it, I don't know what that is. It, it it's literally like using your hands um to 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 get your. It's a bit like osteopathy and all that, just to get your muscles and bones back in. In alignment, and you know, it it it's not scientific in in a in in the sense that we are used to, but yeah. it is yeah. scientific in a way. Except for you know, it 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 just it just works. It just it looks like hell, but it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, supposedly it's got you know like three thousand years of uh, <laughs> uh, trial and error, right? trial and error. So finally, yeah. uh, Zan, your your um your fellow is is very happy to be on camera. Uh, creative shooting, you know, blocking of the camera and things like that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's his his face. He's quite happy to present himself on. Oh yeah, on... yeah, yeah. He presents himself on social media as well. So, yeah, yeah uh, it's gonna be an experience. So for this one last time, we're gonna do uh, the final part of the show recommendations, where we recommend something that we think might be of interest, and uh, I go first. So uh, last week I recommended a an independent bookshop called uh, Sunda Shelves, and it was nice to hear that quite a number of um, listeners actually went there. Uh, I I found out they went to yeah. check out the bookshop, and uh, somebody purchased the last copy of uh, my my book, uh, Confessions of an Old Boy. And uh, oh, was, nice! Yeah. So um, with that in mind, I want to I want to recommend another um, independent bookshop. And this one is, uh, I don't know what you two think. I think it's probably the maybe the best independent bookshop in KL, Lit Books. I have not been. You haven't been. Zan, have you been to Lit Books? Uh, this is the one in near Tropicana. That's right. It's in uh, yes, Tropicana I have. I've Avenue. been several times. Uh, yeah. Right. Yes. And it's um, it's it's not surprising you haven't been there, Nahar. It's over in Tropicana Avenue, which is like far away. I don't yeah. get there very often. But Where is it? Where's Tropicana Avenue? It, it's, well, especially as PJ. It doesn't feel like PJ. It feels like... PJ, Kota Damansara area, yeah. Yeah. But and it's not far. Okay. It, you know, behind well, the curve, behind the curve and you can Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's a very good bookshop. It's run by husband and wife team who've really curated the uh, the book selection well. I think their strong suit is probably fiction, and uh, um, regional Asian titles. And uh, they have a lot of interesting talks there, readings. It's uh, it's a really it's it's a good bookshop run by two people who've taken a decided to take a change in their lives and have a bookshop. <laughs> 
So um, my recommendation is go check out Lit Books over in Tropicana Avenue, which is far away. Yeah. <laughs> but it might Isn't be... It called Tropicana, the one near Kota Damasana, is it called Tropicana Gardens or Tropicana City or something? That oh, sounds, I don't know, but I have that been sounds to that. like a, a science fiction kind of myth, <laughs> okay, mythological nice. setting. Well, by <laughs> going into science fiction, Cam, yeah. this kind of fits into your into your your segment. Um, I would like to recommend a science fiction TV series that has just wrapped up its uh, first season, and it probably be delayed because of the strikes. But uh, it's based on a science fiction novel, which is apparently very good, and it's about a dystopian future. It's called Silo. Oh. You are, um, you are not the first person to recommend it. A lot of people have been talking about silence. It is very good. Yeah, it's very mm. good because it, it's it's about it's about a bunch of people, ten thousand people who live in a silo. They have a culture. They have a way of living. They are very smart. They are very modern, and it's it's well written to the point that they seem like they could be us. They they know things that we do. Technology, as in to keep themselves alive, they know. But there are certain things they don't know about. Like they 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 don't understand so like they don't know what stars are because they are underground you know like things that we take for granted and yet they're not stupid they, they within their own uh for their own survival they they know what they're doing so so the whole thing is about how how that 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 culture that society keeps people from wondering what is outside or you know they have certain set of rules um to keep people from from being dissatisfied and of course you know again Connected to mine too, protest culture. Uh, of course, people are, are, are bound to people are, are bound to be unhappy about something or other. So the entire first season is, uh, I, I would say, the slow burn kind of science fiction. There's no no spaceships, no lightsabers, but it's very very good. Mm, it's okay. Fun. Yeah, uh, Silo S I L O. And, and uh, Zan, you you have a household full of full of um, young daughters, so I suppose you're only allowed to watch things that have princesses. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, no, see, their, their bedtime is at 9 p.m. So after that, my wife and I go wild. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah son, I, I kind of feel like you're overcompensating now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit embarrassing. Nine o'clock, you two are probably fast asleep as well, aren't you? <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so that's Silo, which has been recommended already on this show. So, uh, you still? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Zan, what's your recommendation? Uh, I hope mine hasn't been recommended before, but uh, my wife and I stumbled. So when we go wild after 9 p.m., really, we just watch TV. Um, uh, uh, just, yeah, just so, yeah, there's be a, honest. There's a show that we stumbled on uh, uh, on Amazon Prime. It's called Kevin Can Go F Himself. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. quite old now. It's like a couple of years old. Yeah, it, it is a couple of years old, but we just stumbled mm. on it. I think there's only two seasons and then it was cancelled. I think. It's, are you really determined to get Ken banned? <laughs> no. No, this is this is our no, allowable. Oh yeah, it's this allowable. Is <laughs> it's it's about this woman who was stuck in a very boring marriage, married to a very uh, a kind of like a bumbling idiot guy uh, who's very self-absorbed and selfish. Uh, and whenever the show shows her with the husband, it's shot in a very sitcom style with a laugh track, multi-camera setup. Uh, and then when it goes back to her own life, the 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 style of the show changes. It becomes single, single camera. camera. Yeah. yeah, you know, dark and not not funny at all. And it crosses the line between the two. Uh, and yet it's very, it has a very serious tone to it. Uh, so I I thought it was very interesting, very very you know it how works. it works. Well, I haven't actually seen it, but it, but that that switch it works, does it? 
It does work. And I, when I first saw it, because I never heard about, I've never heard of, about the show. And my wife said, let's try watch it. And we watched the first episode and then the second and the third. And I was like, wow, this is great. Maybe I've been living in, I've been living in my, my bubble too long. But I, I thought it was very fresh, very, very, very creative. Yeah. Sounds oh, great. Okay. Sounds great. Right. Uh, this is Amazon. Yeah? Hey, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And so that's uh, Kevin Can. Oh, my God. Zan, what are you trying to do to us? <laughs> himself. Asterisk, 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 himself. Okay. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much. That brings us to the end of the show, uh-huh. this final episode. And um, it only reminds me to thank Na'amurad. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's a pleasure, as always. And a thank you to Zan Asli. Uh, I don't know if I should be. <laughs> Sorry but, for getting the show cancelled. Uh, yep, know. yep. And myself, Cam Raslan, and well, thank you very much. And see you next time on a bit of culture on BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. <laughs>